ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Rex, you are in Connecticut. I am on site here at the Genesis Invitational, but first, a lot to get to in the week that was in golf. Nick Taylor wins in a playoff over Charlie Hoffman at the Phoenix Open, but that wasn't, Rex, the real story from the week. The real story from the week was debauchery, booze, shenanigans, fan fights, player-fan interactions. It appeared to be a mess at TPC Scottsdale. Everything that we love about the WM Phoenix Open just now, apparently, it's too much. First question, what's the most you've ever drank at a sporting event? Uh, not enough to do some of the things that I saw last weekend. But I, I will say, uh, I mean, I, I, have, I have been the worst version of myself at a sporting event. And it was a high school sporting event at that. And to this day, oh, come on. I, I am mortified. The way I and I can tell you exactly what game it was. It was Blake Brantley against Winter Park. It was my middle son sophomore year. Winter Park was a really good lacrosse program, and they beat him in overtime. And all I kept seeing, and this is man, this is such a deep dive into my twisted psyche. Uh, if you know anything about Orlando, Central Florida, like Winter Park is kind of where uh, all the executives would stay from the Golf Channel and the rich maybe, folks. The rich, uh, folks. The, the rich folks, yeah, and Lake Brantley is not. That's just the, the way it works out. Anyway, all I kept seeing in the Winter Park kids' faces is that those are the people I don't like that I work with. And so I wasn't necessarily screaming at the Winter Park parents. I was screaming at whatever my version of I thought the Winter Park parent was. And to this day, and it, it was because I had too much to drink, and my wife has never let me forget it, and I'm mortified. I was my, the worst version of myself. I couldn't apologize enough. The, all that is, I say all this only to point out, that I've never slid down a hill, a mud-covered hill, with my shirt off. I've never done a flip into a bunker. I've never gotten to a fist fight. I've never done any of the things we saw last week. However, I don't see the problem with it. And we can talk more about that. But yes, it was out of control. But hasn't it always been out of control? The question, Rex, is is why. Was, was this year an aberration? Was this year there's some extenuating circumstances that ratcheted up all of the debauchery? You had some delays. Obviously, the, 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 mud, the mud slides were pretty atypical. But you had a woman fall 20, uh, 20 feet from the bleachers on 16, potentially a dangerous scenario there. So it, it's, it's an interesting scenario because the PGA Tour finds itself kind of leaning in to the entertainment aspect, especially now with the $3 billion a strategic sports group, they're going to want to uh, increase fan engagement, but they don't want this particular fan engagement. We've always talked about the 16th hole at the TBC Sawgrass is kind of the model of what golf aspires to be, right? Tapping into the mainstream sports fan and not just the hardcore golf fan like you and I. So what was different this year? 
is is was was this a was this a one year deal, or was this kind of a systemic issue that now needs to be snuffed out? I uh, co-hosted golf today this morning with our friend Todd Lewis, and it was a lot of fun. And I went into that meeting this morning with just a head full of steam because I think you and I have had this conversation before. I had very very clear thoughts on, and it was really based more on player reaction, specifically that video. And in case you guys haven't seen it, Zach Johnson was caught in a social media, now become viral video, fussing at fans. And Don't Billy serve Horschel, me. Don't, Don't serve me. me. Billy Horschel was not nearly as clean when with his comments towards some unruly fans. And my take was, and again, this is kind of a recycled take, because I truly believe that golf talks all the time about wanting to be a mainstream sport. It talks like the buzzword the last three years since Live Golf became what it is, is bringing in new fans, creating a new product, making things more fun, making things more engaged, essentially mainstream, right? That's what we're trying to do here. They're trying to get main- paid like main. They're trying to get paid like mainstream. Mainstream sports looks like that, smells like that, cusses like that, slides down a muddy hill with a bare butt belly, <laughs> fat belly like that. All of those things. That happened on Saturday at TPC Scottsdale. That's mainstream sports. I get Zach Johnson doesn't like it and Billy Horshow. And I have a monsoon of respect for their level of aggravation. But you need to choose. Which is it going to be? Are we going to have Augusta? And we all love Augusta. And there's rules. And you follow those rules. And you, you, you know, you're always walking on eggshells. Or do we want to be more like TPC Scottsdale? And my understanding, I thought, we, we wanted to evolve as a sport. To, as your point, to your very, very good point, to get paid like a mainstream sport. And if that's not the case, then what are we doing here? Now, I, mean, I came into the meeting with that head of steam. And then which which to- which to be to be fair, I'm I'm kind of in agreement with. Yeah, I players, think you and I've had this conversation. Yeah. Players were not violently targeted. They signed up for Phoenix Open and Zach Johnson who obviously had that kerfuffle that was captured uh, in a social media clip. He also talked to the uh, reporter the Arizona Republic and said, I've, I've been going to this tournament for the past 21 years. I know exactly what it's going to be. They cross the line every single year, and yet I continue to show up. Again, this was not a signature event. There's no mandatory requirement for top players to show up. These players are choosing to put themselves in the environment, knowing full well it's going to get like that. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what they expected, I, and I'm not sure if if it rose to the level that was unsafe for players or, or like ruining the competitive atmosphere. Uh, no, I don't think it ruined the competitive atmosphere because it is what it is. To Zach's point, like this has not really evolved. To your point is, yes, these were extenuating circumstances. And we had Chance Cosby, who's the executive director of the Thunderbirds, the organization that runs it. And I, I actually reached out to Chance. I've known him a long time. And I think there was a reluctance for him to come on the show today. And I reached out to him and I'm like, hey, bud. Like, we don't want to beat you up. I'm kind of on your side. I feel like it should be this way. And Chance immediately hit me across the face with, no, I, I need to get in front of the players, essentially, because he knows his – I think he knew that players were going to be watching this uh, in the locker room at Riviera because they want answers on this. And he goes, I need to get in front of them and tell them what happened on Saturday won't happen again. There was a lot of contrition coming from Chance Cosby and the Thunderbirds, and I'll give them credit. And so I had to – I felt like I needed to soften my stance a little bit because – all right, if they felt like things got out of control, but it was more circumstances. Like, I think my question to him was, is this just bad luck or was this really bad behavior? Because I felt like this was more about bad luck. They had more rain there than I think anybody can remember in a desert and forever. And that sort of limited where fans could go. And it sort of 
sort of backed everyone up in the corners. One of those corners being the 16th hole, which is always crowded and always loud. And it only became more crowded and more loud. It made parking more difficult. It made everything exponentially more difficult. And because of that, things kind of came to a tipping point. Now, and again, Thunderbirds credit, they ended up cutting off alcohol sales unprecedented on Saturday. And they ended up closing the gates on Saturday, also unprecedented. So I think they took steps, but again, I understand that you don't you don't like people screaming in your backswing, but trust me, anyone any baseball player that's ever gone to Yankee Stadium will tell you, ugh, it's ugly, man. Like they're so mean to you. They say things that you would never repeat to anybody. That's sports. I just I just went to the Georgia uh, Florida basketball game two weeks ago with my five year old son, Cam. We were sitting in what I thought was a pretty good section with a bunch of donors and the things that this she's probably 65 or 70 year old woman was shouting at the players. Thank, thankfully Cam does not understand that type of language, but it was, it was shocking to hear. And that's a college basketball game. Players who really aren't getting paid all that much. And if they are, uh, it's probably pennies compared to what professional athletes are getting. But uh, again, the, the players, they may have been targeted vocally, but they weren't, they weren't harassed physically. There was no interference with the game. And if you look, over the course of the tournament, and I, I think it was definitely a different dynamic of what was shown on social media versus what was shown on the broadcast. But 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 again, you didn't have you didn't have any sort of physical altercation. You didn't have uh, either Charlie Hoffman who was surging to get the lead, or Nick Taylor who eventually overtook him. None of their shots, at least down the stretch, were affected. You can understand Rex, right? Like a situation on let's say AT T, seventy second hole of the golf tournament and you have some belligerent fans either berating or having ill-timed shouts at a player who's trying to win a golf tournament. He snaps it in the water and that's how he loses. Like that's kind of like the disastrous scenario. And I'm actually really surprised with how uh, gambling has, has kind of proliferated uh, the, the, the golf world that has not happened where you have not had a tournament solely decided by lone heckling fan, but we did not ha- have, that scenario. If the fans want to beat each other up, if they want to drink until they're stupid and fall down in the mud, uh, if you know you had the unfortunate situation where someone falling out of the stands, that's kind of that was pretty unprecedented for this tournament, at least. If they want to behave like idiots, let them behave like idiots. It's only an issue if it affects the comps, the competition. We have that at least to the love, least to the love that, uh, in my opinion, things need, need to be changed. No, and I actually wrote about this in my Friday column, and I got terrified on Friday night after I'd already filed the column because uh, then the reports came out about the woman who fell out of the stands on 16, thankfully not life-threatening, and I would never support that. Let's just be absolutely clear. But my point in my Friday column was, look, we we talk all the time how we want to make this game more fun. If you need a boozy blueprint, like they've figured it out at TPC Scottsdale, and then this, this happens. Sort of this transpires, and it was interesting because if you go back to the Live Golf event, which was in Las Vegas, I don't know if you saw the, the clip of uh, John Rahm on Saturday, and I think it was on the 12th yep. tee, which is a par three. He must be miserable right now because they not only well, are they loud and are they boisterous and they are in your face, they won't stop talking. Like you and I both know his caddy, Adam, a little bit. And Adam was pleading, please let my man. That did not happen at all. So this isn't necessarily a PGA Tour problem. And again, this was Live Golf in Vegas during Super Bowl weekend. So they were kind of asking for that there as well. No, but, but, but but the counter to that Rex is those are the exact fans that these tours are trying to bring. We're we're both in agreement on this one. And look, I, I appreciate 
where Chance Cosby and the Thunderbirds are coming from that this clearly got over the top. But this is the way it's going to work out. Like, things did not go perfectly in Las Vegas at the Super Bowl. Trust me. We don't hear about them because people are just used to drunks at the Super Bowl. They're used to people falling down and getting in fights and sliding down hills on their bare bellies at the Super Bowl. So it's always shocking when we get this at a golf tournament. And look, we're going to be at the Masters soon enough, and we'll be at the U.S. Open, and it, it will be golf as we know it. I'm just – I have a hard time wrapping my mind around, okay, somehow we're going to take the one thing – on the PGA tour that seems to resonate like you want it to. And we're going to dial that back. That makes no sense to me. But of, but of course, Chance Cosby in his position, he's the executive director of the, of the Thunderbirds. He, he's, he's going to be in a position where he's, he's going to kowtow to the players because he wants to have the best field possible. They actually had a pretty strong field in the Victor Hall, Victor Hall and WD Sanders Joffe WD uh, to kind of nurse some injuries uh, the year before that, it was a signature event. They had basically the best field that you could possibly ask for on the PGA Tour. Of course, now he's going to try and rein it back and make some alterations for 2025 because he wants to make sure that you don't have a situation like Zach Johnson, who's saying, I played this tournament for 21 years. I, I don't think I'm coming back next year. If that's kind of the mindset or the mentality for Zach Johnson, what is it for a more competitive player like a Jordan Spieth? or Brian Harmon or Scotty Scheffler, who they don't need to play Phoenix. They like to play Phoenix. They like the golf course. They like the atmosphere. It works out well uh, on the West Coast swing. But if it means kind of putting up that and having a week-long headache, yeah, you could probably skip it. So I can see why a chance Cosby would kind of want to uh, make some alterations, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, have you ever gotten drunk to the point at a sporting event where you did any of those things that we've mentioned? No, because I like to stay firmly in control. So you've psycho. never done that, really? I'm a psycho. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Extra, give it to you. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. Ready to be a part of it? Extra, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Give up. Order now at Acura.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. A psycho. All right. Uh, moving on to the bigger question, and I think I called this uh, remote-controlled gymnastics. I don't know what your experience was like on Sunday night. Now, we did not do this pod on Sunday night the way we promised because of the Super Bowl, because Super Bowl, because you were traveling early this morning, because I was traveling yesterday. We, we didn't, we didn't want to take, we didn't want to take away some of the audience. Uh, no, we did not want to steal any of the audience from the big game. Uh, I don't know how you did this. It was supposed to like, look, Phoenix was supposed to be over long before the Super Bowl ever started because of all the mm. weather delays and because, mm. well, 
It, was it usually ends at six, and the game it kicks off at six forty. So there was a there was a thirty minute window, forty minute window, whatever the case. Well, there's almost is. always a playoff. It seems like, and there's almost always a playoff, and we had weather the whole nine yards. I don't know how you handled that. It was really really difficult, sort of sliding between those two things because I had to pay attention to the golf. I mean, it's my job. I'll admit it, but I kind of had to focus in on that. I couldn't just parachute in on the golf and then focus in on the game. It had to be the other way around. It was not easy. So uh, you've been to my backyard. I do have two TVs. I had both of them mm-hmm. uh, fully operational. One of them, one of them, however, had the audio for the Super Bowl, and one of them was on mute. Uh, I can I can leave to your imagination which one was which. That would not have been a huge hit uh, to hear the dulcet tones of Dan Hicks uh, with the Phoenix Open. But I, no, I watched. I watched it. I watched every shot. Uh, five of the last six holes. Nick Taylor. Like it was. It was great theater. But again. There is no world in which this tournament should be ending 30 minutes before the Super Bowl. It sounds good in theory. Like, it's a, it's a great idea. In practicality, it just does not work. This thing has to end on – it absolutely has to end on Saturday. I'm going to do this another way, and I know you've made this argument a lot. Actually, you've made the, the very good sustainable argument that there are certain weeks out of the year that the PGA Tour just needs to embrace a Saturday finish. This is probably one of those weeks. Uh, I'm going to, and I'm not even going to steal this take. I'm going to give him full credit. So Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts, he, he, he came up with this a few years ago. And I actually spent some time thinking about it, and it dawned on me today. His argument was the Super Bowl should be on Saturday. Or yep. make Monday a national, a national vacation. Holiday. Na- yeah, national holiday. holiday. Whatever the case may be. One of President's those two Day, things has Earth to happen. Day, Super Bowl Monday. So one of the, I would be, again, the tour needs to consider more Saturday finishes, but I think the Super Bowl needs to be on a Saturday. There's no reason why it, it it's not. Like, it would be the same huge party. Everyone would still tune in, and it would still be the, the mega event that it is on Saturday versus Sunday. The only difference is you don't have half the world. I can tell you, being in the metropolitan area this morning, waking up and having to drive Todd Lewis to the office, because Todd Lewis doesn't like to drive, and apparently I'm going to be his driver this week, having to drive Todd to the office – there was no traffic on the road. You want to know why? Everyone no was at home recovering from the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm with you. We had this exact debate last evening about the Super Bowl should be on Saturday. If you're, Are you, are, are you going to move the Super Bowl to Saturday? Are you going to move the Phoenix Open to Saturday? I think I would just settle for the Phoenix Open on Saturday. But in this in this mystical world, mythical world where the Super Bowl was going to end on Saturday, yeah. Like I've got two kids. One's five. One's two. I'm putting them to bed after the halftime show because they all want to dance. They want to listen to that. The people who were over, they also have young children. They got to get to bed. I had a 4:30 wake up call to get to California in time for the Genesis Invitational and to record this very podcast. And so, yeah, there's a lot going on. Would I love to see it on Saturday? Yes, but clearly, there's reasons beyond tradition. I'm assuming. I don't know what they would be because the viewership you would think at 10 o'clock on a Saturday would be much higher than the 11 o'clock finish that you had on Sunday where people have to weigh, at least to have to make the, the calculation. Do I want to stay up and, and risk being tired for work on Monday or do I want to continue to watch the rest of the game? On Saturday, you do not you do not have that issue. Now, I want to circle back around to the golf real quick before we, we move on because we're, we're quick to do that. And you did watch it. Uh, Charlie Hoffman coming down the stretch was caught by Nick Taylor. Uh, it, it is interesting that Nick Taylor winning in this fashion suddenly has everyone excited about the President's Cup. And I almost had to giggle at Ooh, that. Who's 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 excited? I mean, again, who's internally this morning at meetings, Todd Lewis, my, my, my cohort, my, my partner in crime this week, he was very excited about what this means to the President's Cup. And I had to stop the eye roll emoji halfway through the conversation because I know I, I probably need to, to give it a beat, man. 
Like, let's let this play out. But my my inner reaction was, yeah, man, it's great. Like, he can he makes clutch putts. He did it last year at the Canadian Open to become the first Canadian in however long to win the national championship. If you look at what he did, he made 44 feet of birdie putts, five of his last six holes. He birdied coming down the stretch like, wow, what a great performance. Trust me when I tell you, that doesn't mean anything when we get to Royal Montreal. I wish it did. I wish I could manufacture some sort of excitement. I just don't see it. I, I mean, I believe on our season opening podcast, you predicted uh, another shellacking at the President's Cup. And I believe you, th- you I think you already called it that it was going to be a dud. And like you could make the argument that this should be a, a fairly competitive international team. You got you can Tom do that Kim, every time. Jason Day, Sung JM, Nick Taylor, Nick Taylor now. Uh, with yet another victory going, on the PGA going, on going. the PGA Tour, Minwoo Lee, an exciting young player, foreign soil for the American team. I'm just not seeing it. The only way that this does not work is if is if the Americans show up disinterested, which they wouldn't. Why would they show up disinterested? They've they've won this this event every time, uh, other than 1998. They do not want to go down in history as the group that lost for the first time in nearly three decades like i just I, I don't see it i do think it will be competitive but to 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 equate nick taylor's victory into to now more enthusiasm or expectation or excitement for the president's cup <laughs> i'm i'm sorry i'm just i'm just not buying that one i mean and, and look i i i want it to be close you're right and when i was predicting it was going to be another dud because they've all been duds like I can't suddenly change history. I mean, you can only base on what you know. And there's nothing in the decades-long history of the President's Cup that leads me to believe that, okay, the international is about to make this one close. And I love what Trevor did. I love what Ernie Els did before him and what Nick Price did before him. But for whatever reason, and it shouldn't be on paper, this should be much closer than it actually is, and it never is. It's such a disappointment. And that's – the Ryder Cup never seems to disappoint, and the President's Cup always disappoints. And I don't quite – understand why now another one of the conversations that i did want to get your thoughts on just the idea and i asked Paige mckenzie on today on the show about this what i saw from scotty scheffler through trying to do the math on this 54 holes we can keep going up almost to 64 holes led me to believe that okay he's going to win three straight like this is going to be really cool he's going to be scotty scheffler coming down the stretch and and do all those special things what i saw over those last nine holes is starting to become alarming to me because I did think it was funny. He missed two four footers and his body language was the exact same with those two missed four footers as it was when he almost holed out for a hole in one on the 16th hole. Which I'm like, that kind of tells you everything you need to know that in the back of his mind, I think he's resigned himself to, I need to hold this out from 164 yards because I can't make a four. Well, I think slowly but surely like his putting is breaking him. It's not quite as desperate as what we saw That's last summer with the memorial where he was finishing routinely, you know, losing nine or 10 shots in the field on the greens. It's not quite gotten to that point of desperation. He actually has made strides. We look at the stats. He has improved with the work that he's had with Phil Kenyon over the past couple of months. But the, the at least trend that we've seen in the small sample size is that on the weekend, when the pressure is more intense, when uh, there's, there's more riding on the outcome of the putts, the stats are kind of reverting back to what we've seen over the past year. And that's an alarming trend. It's easy to make putts in practice rounds. It's easy to make putts over the first two rounds when you're a little bit freer. But I think Sunday on the back night, I teach Scott with a great chance 
to win three in a row was it was a prime example of what Scotty Scheffler's putting has unfortunately become. How many times do you, are you are you like checking stats over the course of a Sunday round and you know you're just doing notes you're trying to come up with the best ideas you possibly can because I had one yesterday and I actually scribbled it down I was so proud of myself I went back two seasons and Scotty Scheffler has not finished in the positive in strokes game putting in back-to-back weeks in the last two years like I went back tournament by tournament just to look technically not even technically he did finish in the positive in back-to-back weeks now However, it's hard for me to sit here and argue that that was a good thing with the way he finished. I think he picked up like 0.1 strokes. So essentially, the argument I think we've always made is if he just put average, just, just put average, just and he should he should win eight times. That's not that's not quite accurate. Uh, uh, not this particular week, but I think on a, a on any given week, if he were to do that on a regular basis, if you do if he does what he does, T to green, which is first in strokes gained, T to green, that's his hallmark. That's what he does, and then you don't give anything up on putting don't gain any but don't give anything up it's just zeros across the board i think he probably wins one out of every three events because he hits the ball that well i mean with a track meet which phoenix open was i think the playoff was what a 21 yeah under par and that was and that was with some pretty rare uh, weather conditions over the first couple rounds yeah like track meets you need to be above average the average putting weeks aren't going to get it done but in u.s opens major championships certainly if he's anywhere middle of the pack even just slightly above average. Like, I still think Scotty Scheffler is going to have a, an absolutely massive year. There's no, there's no indication that his ball striking has slipped whatsoever or that it started a leak into his long game. You see that, right? Ricky Fowler was a prime example. Jordan Spieth was a prime example where you're putting so much pressure on the putting that it begins to affect ball striking. Scotty Scheffler is still putting up Tiger-ass numbers, uh, at least Tiger in his prime. It's just not translating yet. I do. I still think Scottie Scheffler's going to win three or four times this year on the PGA Tour without without a question. Okay, your audio's gotten worse as we've done this. You're looking around. You're clearly in an uncomfortable spot, too close to where the players walk into the yeah. locker room. You don't want to do a hot take. You're clearly worried about LA traffic this afternoon. I'm going to leave. Let, let you finish up on this. What are you looking forward to the most this week? Tiger has his unveiling of his apparel uh, on Monday evening. Uh, named uh, Sunday Red, uh, some sort of version of TaylorMade's apparel. Curious to see how it looks, how it feels. It was such an iconic red and black look. We actually need to get uh, to Sunday with Tiger Woods. He's going to be here in his hosting capacity. Will he be here as a player at the signature event? This is the first thing we've seen this year, Rex, where it's a 70-man field, but you do have a cut. You do have a 36-hole cut, the top 50 in ties, uh, plus a 10-shot rule. But Tiger's got to get there first. Uh, but I'm curious. I, I think I'm most curious to see, sure how he plays, but also how it looks and how it feels. Uh, Steve Sands was on golf today, and he he said, and he was he couched this as, "All right, I'm making a bold prediction that Tiger Woods is going to make the cut." And both Todd and I looked at each other and go, "Only 20 guys are missing the cut." Like I I I don't know that you're really going out on a limb. Like, look, we know Tiger Woods has been he made the cut last and- year. He made the cut uh, last year. I know. I, I don't think he had really thought that one through. We got him after a red eye. So we, we sort of. Uh... Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. Ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Give up. Order now at Acura.com. Have you 
ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. You sort of picked on him a little bit. Uh, won't be barbecue. Won't have anything on the grill this week. But you are a foodie. Where are you going? Um, I'm staying in Marina Del Rey. Uh, so if anyone's familiar with the area, uh, please do hit me up with some recommendations. Uh, Got to grab seafood. Uh, I will be grabbing uh, some tacos. Uh, I forget what the uh, name of the taqueria is, uh, but it's right around the corner from where I'm staying. I do, uh, real quick, from the Super Bowl, I made pork belly burn ends. Uh, most of the attendees did not know what they were mm. or had never had them before. Huge hit. Huge hit. Smoked them the day before, put them in the vac sealer, uh, put them in the fridge overnight. Uh, did like a water bath to 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 warm them up the next day, and then I fried them for four or five minutes to get them Ooh. crispy on the outside. Well done, and tender in the middle. They were uh, an absolute crowd. They're rich, are... right? They're really, oh, yeah. they're really rich. Like I'm, you can only eat actually, two or three. I actually ate more than I thought. I oh. thought I was only going to be having two or three. I definitely put back like seven or eight, which was in stark contrast to how I have been eating over the past three weeks after getting my cholesterol numbers back. What did you have? Uh, from the residents in Stanford? Uh, I got here pretty early yesterday. There's a direct flight now from Orlando to White Plains, by the way. It leaves at 1130, lands about 230. So I got in here plenty of time and I was feeling under the weather. So it, you know, I'm not going to show you my bed, but I laid in my bed pretty much all afternoon. And what, like I said, I played a TV gauntlet and tried to go back and forth. This is now the second <laughs> time you've been under the weather <sighs> in Stanford, Connecticut. Any connection? Any, no. Is that, is, that a, is that a coincidence or? No, it's been going around my house. I actually took not one, but two COVID tests. If anyone is curious, I do not have COVID. I just have some version of the flu. And so I, it came down with, uh, I actually got it two days ago. So I've been sort of battling it. Uh, felt a little bit better today and hopefully we're, we're fine tomorrow. When it snows in Stanford, we're expecting three inches of snow overnight. I see you have your sunglasses there. I have my toboggan hat. We should go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Can we take a... Can we have someone take a screenshot and just end perfect the look. podcast this way? That's a perfect look. Is Sunny it? LA. It's supposed to be beautiful all week, at least until Saturday, where we may have some rain showers. It is, but it, it will not be dogged by the weather that they have had on the tour the last couple of weeks right. with the frost delays and the rain in Phoenix. And of course, you were at Pebble uh, with the monsoon that rolled in there. It should be a beautiful week. Sunshine. The stars are here. I'm starting to think it might be me. It should be a great week. Yeah. I'm starting to think it might be me. Yeah, it might be following me around. All right, we will have a podcast Wednesday night when we will look ahead to Tigers Week, Riviera, Signature Event, everything else. But we just wanted to recap with this week. You, take it easy. Try to get away from the players' locker room and not get in trouble. And we will see you Wednesday afternoon. That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. Let's go give it to you. How about that? 
That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. That, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Let's go, give it to you. Unlock the energy of the all-electric CDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet. Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.